This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And this is the sous chef of the garden, uh, Frank Proctor, saying good morning and welcome along. As we, I'll be right back. Oh, where, where'd you go? Oh, you're turning on a, your earphones weren't on, huh? Yeah, here we go. There, I got a bit of volume in my headphones. Well, there you are. <laughs> Other okay. side of the studio, but uh, whatever. Well, whatever the case, uh, here we are, the last Saturday yes. of 2019. Yes. Isn't that unbelievable? I just seems like kind of where did it go yeah yeah fast. exactly Too fast. well it, yeah uh, i i got into town last night about uh, let's see 9:31 from vancouver so you were yeah, on... spent the christmas week out at uh, shirley's son's place in in uh, white rock bc so Whoa. south of vancouver beautiful yeah, a beautiful area right on and Order. one of the nice things we took a walk on the pier that had been wiped out mm-hmm. last year the uh, some might remember the news story that 25 boats roughly just plowed into the thing huge storm took the pier out mm. and it's been refurbished and it's all back again and, i mean it goes quite a ways into the uh, ocean but we took a walk out there and we're able to see thousands of birds waiting for the low tide at 11 at night to get the, to the dead fish that were on the bottom you could see them just lying yeah why are they there I, I don't know oh. what the reason is oh, here. but global the, news Thousands of anchovies wash up at White Rock Pier. Yeah, there you go. So they're waiting for them. But also getting the fish, the live fish, were sea otters and uh, sea lions. You could see them in the distance, you know. Uh, you see them pop up and <laughs> go down again for more fish. So here, but look on province. the computer. I just, I just yeah. Googled this. So this oh, is a yeah. fish feeding frenzy draws yep. animals, big oh, crowds to the White yeah, Rock yeah. Pier. Yeah. So northern anchovies are attracting sea lions, seals, yeah. and photographers. Yeah. Wow. Quite, quite a good timing. Yeah. It was absolutely great. Uh, wow. Wonderful, wonderful time. Wonderful. Whole, whole week was great. No daffodils blooming yet? Uh, not yet. No. No, no. no so still kind of winter gray. Didn't disappoint me. It rained a bit. You know, oh, okay. As it always does it in didn't Vancouver. It rain here while you were gone, but yeah. it was very mild. As yeah. I'm sure you realize, all mm-hmm. the snow pretty much melted. Yeah, yeah. We've had some very mild temperatures. When we left, we had about nine inches of snow out there in the country, but uh, no, no. not right now. Just no. in the woods. You probably still have a bit, yeah. right? Yeah. Do you know what? I better get Your the phone job. numbers on the air. Yeah, yeah my job. job. You're trying to get me fired here? Gee whiz. <laughs> in Toronto, you might want to talk to uh, Charlie Dobbin, who, of course, is the main person here on The Garden Show. Here's the number, 416-360-0740. Anywhere else in the province, it is toll-free, 866 740 There we go. We've already got a caller online, so unless you have a note or two to pass along. Well, you know I can always come up with something to share. I know you can. (laughs) I think that it's important to share maybe what's going on at Toronto Botanical Gardens. Oh, all right. Because keep in mind that mild weather like this, great opportunity to get outside. Mm -hmm. You know, we're not out there with everything pulled up over our ears and noses and mouths. We can actually see when we're walking. And, you know, I kind of challenged myself on the drive here today. I wanted to see how how many people were walking not holding their phones? Oh. I saw two. 
Not, not really. Phones, yeah. Everybody else, yeah. What, dog yes. leash in one yeah. hand, phone in the other, or it's, coffee in one hand, phone oh, man, in the other. It is so dangerous. To I do know. That. Yeah. Just I'm talking about pedestrians, right? Yeah. Not not mm-hmm. drivers, but yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So I, you know, I want to encourage everybody. Toronto Botanical Gardens, no cost, absolutely free. Yeah. Leslie and Lawrence, right at the southwest corner. Enter, enjoy. There's beautiful, beautiful, you know, sights to be seen, yeah. birds. Mm-hmm. You know, at wildlife. I can't the say that there's a, a feeding frenzy going on necessarily yeah. at the TBG the way there is in White Rock, but it's still a beautiful place to get out. If you, you know, if you just don't want to walk the sidewalks, get yeah. out and walk on some real land. All righty. Good enough. Good, good advice and a nice suggestion, Charlie. Thank you. Uh, we'll be along to say hi to Helen momentarily. She's in Toronto, maybe just around the corner. We'll find out. Coming up next on The Garden Show. <laughs> Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. All righty, Charlie, let's get to those phone lines. There's Helen in Toronto. Good morning, Helen. Welcome to the show. Hello. Good morning. Hello, Charlie. Last April, my daughter brought in <clears throat> some pussy willows. Mm-hmm. They were about six or seven feet. Yeah. They were really big. Yeah. And... Later in the summer, where the catkins were, mm-hmm. it, they grew leaves right from the mm-hmm. top to the bottom. Yeah. And la- later in the summer, it grew a branch. Mm-hmm. Now, they're still sitting in this uh, window box. I'm wondering, will they stay? I'm presuming they've grown roots. Yeah, likely. And Will they survive the winter? Yeah, that's hmm. Based on the kind of mild winter we're having right now, it's quite likely they will, actually. How oh. deep is the window box, roughly? It's really not very deep. Yeah, Only usually. Maybe five inches. Yeah, four or five inches. Yeah. But a pussy willow is a very, very tough plant. We're talking about hardy to zone two. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's a very tough plant. They can withstand extreme cold. So okay. it is quite likely. You'll see in the spring. You'll see whether you get the little pussies or not, you know, the little buds, the furry buds. If you do, mm-hmm. then obviously it is alive. Um, you may find that the top is dead. So if it was as tall as six or seven feet, but it's only in a five-inch box, you may find that you'll get growth from the bottom, but not so much from the top, because that's oh. likely, it's just a long distance to translocate stuff. And um yeah, so if that's the case, in the spring, once you're starting to see the green and the fuzzy little buds, then just cut off anything that's not alive. Oh, I see. Yeah, and then you'll have a nice little pussy willow in a box. And they, <laughs> they, sh- they will get big, and so it's a good idea. Control it in the box, because <laughs> it'll take okay. over. <laughs> And I am just around the corner. I'm just east on Lawrence. Oh, oh nice. That's be great. there in like three minutes. <laughs> oh, perfect. Well, how about well, that? There you go. We'll, we'll have to get you, you over for coffee soon. Yeah, and a happy new year to you. <laughs> Thanks, Alan. <laughs> okay. Um, what was I going to say? I had something. Oh, I know. Yeah, I always learn something from Charlie. Uh, you used a term there I've never heard you use before, translocate. Oh. Whoa. Wow. Very... Very high so, price stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> That's right. High price stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I paid a lot to this. No. So, you know what translocation is, right? Yeah. It's well, the movement of yeah. liquids when it comes to plants inside. So, it's, and of course. But it's a very efficient way of describing that. Yeah. If you, if, yeah. If you've it makes never sense. used that term no, before. I haven't, no, I haven't. I use oh, that at school a lot. <laughs> do you? <ya? laughs> okay. Hey, we're going to reach for the bell, or I am anyway. Yes. Uh, the old sous chef. And here we go with the. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Getting the wings for Brian in Barry, first time caller. Good morning, Brian. Morning, Frank and Charlie. How Good are you this morning? Morning. Great, Thank Welcome you. to the show. What's going on? 
Well, just as a, a question of curiosity, I'm going to build a new uh, glass greenhouse. Mm. Uh, Charlie, I wonder if you had any recommendations for an 8 by uh, uh, eight by 10 or 12 greenhouse. Mm. Uh, mm. All glass, by the way. So is this a kit that you've purchased or you're going to... Uh, no, I, I'm going to purchase one. And I'm looking for a recommendation for, for a hobby greenhouse. Mm. So, but why glass? I don't know. I guess I've always had glass. I've never thought of uh, using anything else. What else would you use? Uh, yeah. Well, the more the more modern, if you will, commercial greenhouses, particularly, are all made out of like polycarbonates. So they're all made out of acrylics. Oh. Partially, it's because they are they withstand ice storms and that sort of thing better than glass because glass is tempered and it's very expensive. <clears throat> the polycarbonate is actually less expensive, and the the newer research, as far as I know, too, <clears throat> it's all about. The light, the light intensity is so incredible through clear glass. Do you find that, so you obviously have some glass houses now? A small one, yes. Small one. And do you, um, particularly in the hot June and July, do you end up having to shade that, that house because it just gets too hot inside? Oh, definitely have to shade it and ventilate it. And, uh, it just, mm-hmm. just gets quite warm. Yeah. Um, and how do I you shade to, it? I have a uh, uh, ultraviolet, uh, I guess called ultraviolet shade that... Uh, Drapes across the uh, yeah. south side of the greenhouse. Oh yeah, like a curtain. We yeah. used to whitewash at one time. Right. I don't do that anymore. I was going to say whitewash yeah. was the classic, right? That you you would put on the whitewash in the spring, and it would sit there all summer, and then it slowly washes off in the rain, etc. And then by fall, we and winter, you we need, want yes. the light again, so we would be out there scrubbing off the how, whitewash. How big? How big is your current greenhouse that you have? The one is six by eight currently, and uh, the reason I don't have it is because I just sold our property and we moved ah, to a new one, and nice. I have to build a new greenhouse. Oh, right. Okay. So, you know, the... Good question, though. <clears throat> excuse me. The one supplier that comes to mind, and I'm pretty sure that they would they sell not only to uh, the commercial growers, but also to individuals, to the public, yeah. is the acronym is GGS, which stands for Green... Greenhouse, greenhouse grower services, I believe. Wait a minute, let me just double check. They, they have a great West, GGS structures, uh, GGS greenhouse. There you go. Yeah. Um, they have a very, very good website, if that's of any use to you. So GGS structures, they're out of Grimsby or that area. Um, it is really designed for the commercial grower, but like I said, there's a contact link, there's a blog with lots of great information, lots of recommendations. They do sell, like I say, the, mm-hmm. the massive structures. A lot of it's based on aluminum frames. A lot of it is based on a more diffuse. See that they've discovered that you actually get better growth year round with a um, diffuse light rather than a, that intense, intense yeah, bright, bright, sunlight. hot, hot light. And so that's why I just wondered. So you may, I know if you've had glass in the past and you've had good experience and it worked for you, you may want to just stick with the tried and true, but there has been quite a few innovations in the greenhouse industry in the last 10, 20 years. So it might be worth just doing a little bit more research before you jump into a glass one. GGS. Yeah. I've got that. Thank you very much. And I guess with the polycarbonate, you could actually get clear and an opaque one now. Mm. I did a bit of research already. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, 
Well, thank you for that, and uh, happy yeah. new year to both of you. Well, thank, thank you, you very, very much, much, Brian. Yeah. And, and even if they can't supply you because they're just commercial um, suppliers, they'll, they'll they can definitely give you a recommendation sure. for something else. There's some beautiful greenhouses out of England, but they mm-hmm. cost an arm and a leg, right? <laughs> yeah. I'll bet. <laughs> so, yeah, oh. thank you. Happy New Year. Let us know how that works out. Gee whiz. First time caller. A great question, huh? Mm, gets me thinking. A, yeah. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. She's got that property in Prince Edward got County now. Little, little light bulbs going on <laughs> over my head. I could Ooh. really use a greenhouse. Uh, yes. Mm. <laughs> Hell yes. <laughs> but, you know, you yeah. need a lot. Like, you need electricity out there because yeah. you've got to have heat and you've got to have lights in the wintertime. Sure. St- proper structure, like a, you know, formed uh, mm-hmm. base. And, and you know, honestly, based on all the teaching and research I've done, particularly in the commercial end yep. of it, it's all about being very sterile, very, very clean. You have so many fewer problems inside that closed environment. You are the god, right? You set uh, all, all the, the parameters, parameters. Yeah, inside the greenhouse. Go. But it's all about hygiene. Yep. You got to keep it super clean. And then you won't have pests and diseases, et cetera. Mm-hmm. What doesn't Charlie know? That's what I want to know. Anyway, <laughs> uh, phone numbers. We have a couple of lines open right now. Uh, we do have Corinne online from Thornhill Park. We'll get to momentarily. But let me remind you of those phone numbers. As I say, you can access Charlie right now in Toronto, 416-360-0740. And then anywhere in the province, toll free at one 740 4740. Back in a moment here, The Garden Show from Zuma Radio. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zuma Radio. Yeah, Charlie and I were just kvetching about <laughs> air travel and, and yeah. I was telling uh, Charlie about poor Shirley losing a lovely Christmas gift of face cream. Oh. Really, really expensive stuff. Oh, it's too large, yes, you know, to go throw a carry on. Oh, oh, God. I know, and you, like break. I was saying, you can't possibly uh, think enough ahead. Yeah. I mean, unless you're Elliot. See, Elliot's the kind of guy who does. <laughs> he he does thinks it. so Tons far of ahead. Yeah. And then he, <laughs> he practice packs for two weeks oh, before we go anywhere. Lord. So he yeah. never gets messed up at customs. But, well, yeah. we did. I anyway, <laughs> anyway, enough of that. Enough yes. of the kvetching. Okay. Kvetch. Corinne, <clears throat> pardon me, in Thornhill Park. Good morning and welcome to the show. Good morning, Charlie and Frank. Nice to be here. Thank Good morning. You. Where's Thornhill Park? Is that in Thornhill? There's no Thornhill Park. I don't know where that came uh, from. So you're in Thornhill. Just Thornhill. Oh, yeah. gotcha. <laughs> There's right. lots of parks. But I don't yeah, of course. Of let, me, let me go in the studio there and slap Duncan oh, around. Yeah. <laughs> Duncan's eyes just like popped out of his head. Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Okay, well, I'm calling about an African violet that I've had for a very long time, I'm trying to save. Mm. I have a number of them, but this one is the mama plant, and she started a whole bunch. Mm. Now, the strange thing is that in the summer, I decided that I was going to take all my African violets and give them a refresh. So I bought the proper African violet soil, mm-hmm. and I um, didn't exactly repot. I put them back in the same pots, and some that had multiplied, I just you know took some out. All of them came through beautifully. She didn't, mm. and she's still. I think she's still alive. Notice I call her she. Yeah, of course. Well, <laughs> she's the mother, right? Her. Mm. And um, but the leaves are curled under. Yeah. And mm. I don't. You know, does there come a time when they just die? Well, so did, so she was unpotted and repotted into a bigger pot, or the same no. pot again? No, she seemed to be happy in that pot. Yeah, so she... I left her. It's a good, oh. you know, reasonable sized pot for her, mm. and uh, and she's. You know, but I but you did take her out and refresh the soil, or you didn't take her out at I all? I took it out. Okay. I took her out, and I dumped the old soil, yeah. threw it in the yard, yeah. and um, put in this lovely fresh soil that 
all the other plants that say liking. <laughs> well, you know, it it sounds a bit silly, but this is actually very true. Um, there is a vigor difference between young plants and old plants, just like there's a mm-hmm. vigor difference between young animals and older animals. Mm-hmm. Like I always say to my students, right? You, you're five years old, you fall out of a tree and break your arm. How long does that take to heal? You're 45 years old, you break your arm. How long yeah. does that take to heal? And there's quite a difference, right? And plants are the same. The older they get, the less able they are to withstand stress uh, or damage or anything that sets them back. Mm. Oh, dear. It doesn't mean it's dead or dying, th- though it's, stra- you know, it's obviously suffering. So your location for this plant is the same that it's been for years and years. You haven't moved it at all. I only have one location I can put them in. It's okay. an east window. Yeah, which is perfect. And you're being very careful to not overwater because oh, that's always not. a yeah. challenge. So you want to make sure you feel that soil and you still want a little bit of sponginess in the soil, but you certainly don't want to keep it wet. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. The the best thing I can say, so, I mean, we've gone through the dark days. We've gone through the sort of the worst of the, the poor growing conditions once we've, we're on the other side of December 21st. So as the days start to get longer, all of our plants are going to respond and start to shoot out some new growth. What I would do is be, just be very careful with the water and don't do any fertilizing at all on this plant. Talk to it because African violets do respond to praise and, and <laughs> they're very, I always say they're narcissistic plants. Because I agree. <laughs> they 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 love to be groomed, right? Groom like groom me, and I will you know stand tall. And so that that you can with an African like talk to it, um, turn it obviously in the window. Uh, be like I say, careful watering, no fertilizer until we get into some longer days, like March, oh, okay. maybe early March. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, just um, watch, and then hopefully in that center, that little center of that crown, that rosette of leaves, mm-hmm. you'll start to see a little bit of new growth. And once that starts to happen, then you know you're on the other side of of it surviving mm-hmm. um, but yeah it's a bit hard to see over the radio otherwise I mean it it's probably more just uh, it's still trying to get over the stress it went through of the transplanting well it's a long time then I know. okay so uh, assuming that happens all of the leaves that are on the, the bottom part now that are all curled will mm-hmm. they just eventually turn. die off or yeah will they respond well wait don't remove them until they turn yellow they likely will turn yellow or just get fa- more and more faded away and then more and more limp and brown yeah. when that happens remove them so again go back to that hygiene that I was mentioning in terms of greenhouses it's the same you don't want any debris sitting on the surface of the soils no. of any of your pots but if they're green leave them alone because green leaves are still photosynthesizing but as they become less green and predominantly brown or yellow, then a little snip, get them out of there. Got it. Okay. okay. Good luck. Let well, us know happy, how that goes. I will thank you. And happy planting and growing for 2020. <laughs> oh, thank you. You <laughs> thank too. Thank you, Corinne. I have a lot on my agenda, trust me. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> there so she much. is from Thornhill. Yep, yeah. no park. No, okay, no park. <laughs> uh, I'm looking at my monitor, and something that doesn't happen very often at oh, all my. here in the Garden Show, we get a blank uh, page looking at me. Right. No calls online. So that it's, means it would be a marvelous time for you to call and wish maybe even a, a happy new year wish to uh, Charlie and yours truly. Um, and so the phone numbers go this way in Toronto, 416-360-0740 or, uh, from anywhere in the province, toll free 1-866-740-4740. It doesn't even have to be a question. It can mm. be maybe, uh, you want to brag about the success of something that you've done 
that uh, Charlie maybe has had a hand in helping you with, by all means, we'd, we'd love to hear from you. Okay, and I see the calls are starting to come in now uh, well, and already. I, do, I yeah. do have some email I can address, because okay. sometimes these do right. get pushed to the back burner. Okay. But also, speaking of African violets, Marilyn Weston, who was oh, yes. here just before yep. us, She's become quite the little African violet aficionado. Yes, indeed. Uh, So, because she's asked me questions, and mind you, she hasn't shown me any pictures, but she does have quite a few African violets. (laughs) Not that she doesn't trust you, because I know she listens to the show. Well, when she's driving. So I just wonder, like, Marilyn, if you're listening and you wanted to call in and have any advice for Corinne and her struggling mother plant, feel free. Because, you know, certain people are quite successful with certain plants. My mom was very good with African violets. She, She couldn't kill an African violet, whereas I could i've certainly killed a few in my life but um you know i've pretty much killed every plant along yeah. the way at some point but that's how you learn right it's yeah. just access so listen a couple let me go over quickly a couple of emails um june gordon now she did write this email a while ago uh, a month or so ago and she was wondering about planting grass seed and doing some top dressing on her lawn mm. late in the season yeah of course we're not we're still kind of late in the season right now we're we're december yeah. and obviously there, there's no snow anywhere near us you know what <clears throat> you can plant grass seed even today if you wanted no to kidding. now will it grow today no but if you set it up so that you've raked out all the dead stuff mm-hmm. there's bare patches in your lawn and you've got grass seed in your garage and you've got some soil or topsoil or lawn top dressing that's not frozen solid, then you can actually do all that kind of repair on your lawn today if you wanted to. And that seed will sit there until the conditions are perfect for that seed to grow. So as it snows and it rains in the spring and things start to happen, that seed will grow earlier than it would if you had to wait till spring to put it out. So there is an advantage to to getting out and doing that kind of lawn repair if you wish to. The only time you wouldn't do that kind of lawn repair is if you've got quite a steep slope. And to put out grass seed on a slope at this time of year doesn't work that well because it tends to just erode. Slide down the hill. Yeah, down. So you get lots at the bottom, but not a lot up at the top. Or if you have an incredible amount of birds or, you know, dog action, whatever on the lawn. I mean, the birds will steal the grass seed. So you've got to make sure you put a little bit of soil on top. But certainly, yes. You know what? Even today. You've got that that bug to get out there and you've got access to to tools and soil that's mm-hmm. not frozen, then yeah, why not? Go for it. Excellent. Okay. From Rexdale, Trudy is online. Good morning, Trudy. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I'm, uh, I'm talking about a Christmas cactus. Okay. Uh-huh. It wouldn't bloom for me for the last two years now. It used to bloom in November. Hmm. And I have transplanted it into a bigger pot and it seems to have lots and lots of these little le- links or leaves, uh-huh. whatever you want to call them. Yeah. But it won't bloom. No bloom. When did you transplant it? Oh, about three years ago. Oh, my. And it hasn't bloomed since then? No. Oh. Hmm. So ha- has it location changed in your home or has your care for well, it changed? Well, I have. Put it closer to um, to the window mm-hmm. because I have southern exposure. But in winter there is the heating there. You know, you need a vent uh, deflector, oh, or is, is it like a floor vent where the hot air is blowing up? Uh, no, I have hot water basement uh, oh. heating. So uh, sti- it, like- it, I, I moved it. It's practically halfway. It's on a stand. It's mm-hmm. quite high yeah. up. You know, good idea. Yep. And I moved it away from the heating, 
and I keep my house around 20, so it's not mm-hmm. not overheated or anything. Mm. But what I was also seeing, there is some some strange little bumps on some of those oh. links. You know? you know what? That's wa- probably too much water. Since you transplanted it, you've got more soil around the roots, uh, and the, that soil holds moisture. And remember, any of the succulents and cactus plants are able to hold moisture in their leaves. As So if the soil is wet and the leaves are full of moisture, you can end up with fungal problems with just too much, the liquid levels just being too high. So what I would do is, when you do water your Christmas cactus, water thoroughly, so whether it's one or two or three cups of room temperature water, that's fine, but let it dry right out between waterings. Um, yes, I do, because, I mean, it even the, the, the whole clump seems to come up when I mm-hmm. give it a good watering every month, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, so that's... And then yeah, it, Feel the leaves. Water based on feeling the leaves. The leaves need to feel kind of soft or look a little wrinkled, and the soil feels dry to your touch. That's when you water. So okay. not by the calendar, but by what the plant is showing you. Is is there a chance that it will ever bloom again? Because I've already threatened it. I <laughs> if it doesn't bloom this year, <laughs> I would say there's a very good chance. Is there any chance, Trudy, you could take that outside in I, the summer? I, I don't dare because every time I do, Charlie, I I ruin the plant. Yeah, I guess. Oh, I, okay. have, uh, mm. I have sun and I don't really have a shady spot to put any mm. of my succulents. So I've ruined the beautiful jade tree. It was huge, you know. Oh, yeah, it got sunburned mm, yeah. when you put it, it out. It got sunburned and then the, the other one too. Like oh, it's it's. Uh, I'm scared to put it out, frankly. Because yeah. <laughs> I, I could tell you, if you could put it out, even like say on the if the back of the house is super sunny, maybe put it at the front of the house in the spring. Give it a couple of weeks out at the front, and then move it into the sun at the back after it's been acclimatized to being outside. Because that just about guarantees you'll get blooms if you can get it outside and leave it out for the summer. Leave it out right through till October, and when and you and it, br- it it would it would like the sun. Then it if would I put it first on a start I in a shade. An exposure yeah. I could put it. Yep. Yeah, I see that it, it's true what you said that if you go straight out into the sun from inside, yeah. it's just too much. Those leaves can't handle that high intensity of sunlight. But uh-huh. give them a couple of weeks in the eastern location or a northern location outside, they will slowly come around to the extreme high levels of, of light levels, and then you can go right out into the sun with them and they won't get burned. Yeah. Okay. Good luck with that, Trudy. I will try that. Okay. Yeah. Very good, good. Good job. Thanks and for happy calling. Happy New Year to you, too. Um, we have uh, from Teal, maybe just around the corner too, Marianne on the line. Good morning, Marianne. Good morning. From yeah. Toronto. Did you say Peel? What? No, I said Toronto. Oh, Did I not? I'm not sure. Marianne, welcome to the show. <laughs> uh, uh, good morning and Happy New Year to you. Thank you. Um, I have a question about uh, orchids. Um, I've got, I had two orchids, mm. flat, well, earlier this year. Um and they bloomed, and they were wonderful. Mm-hmm. And one of them uh, still has green leaves, mm-hmm. and the other uh, looks gone. No, oh. I heard there's a way to revive an orchid. Well, what what's on it right now? Any leaves at all? Uh, the other one is uh, actually just dried stem. 
Okay. And the other one has green leaves, but it's not doing anything. So I think you need to go to, you know, the sort of 911 orchid revival (laughs) (laughs) technique. And what that is, is a pail of water. Right. So fill up a pail, you know, depending on the size of the pots that you're dealing with, you need at least, you know, 10 or 12 inches of water in a pail. Let it sit out for a day or two. So it's room temperature and it has, um, you know, evaporated a certain amount of chlorine, et cetera, off the the surface of the water. Then you go to your cupboard and you pull out some orchid fertilizer because you'll have that in your cupboard because orchids are very specific in terms of their fertilizer requirements. Right. Follow the instructions um, on the fertilizer. You don't want to over-fertilize, but you do want to get a little bit of nutrient into that water. So get that in there, mix it up. Take each of your orchids, assuming that they've dried down, they need watering, and immerse them, pot and all, under the water. So you're going to hold that plant, you're going to stick it down under the water. Watch all the bubbles come up. Yep, air bubbles are going to pour out the top, and you're just going to keep holding on to it until the bubbles stop. And that's going to take a couple of minutes, maybe, and once all the bubbles have stopped, and maybe a little bit of bark might even float off the surface, which is fine, you'll take the the orchid out of the water, grab all that bark that floated out, throw that back on top, sit it in your kitchen sink and just let it drain for an hour or so. And then put it back into that eastern or northern window where it should be a nice, bright, indirect light. And if you do that with both those orchids, the one that has no life in it at all will either show some fat green roots and some fat green growth or it's compost. The other one will likely start to perk up quite a bit and start showing you some new roots and perhaps some new flowers because they are kind of due to start flowering many of them and a little fertilizer makes a difference. Wow. Okay. All right. Well, it sounds like I'm drowning it, but no. I guess that was, no. that's what it needs. Because <clears throat> it, it needs, it's interesting how orchids work. But that that substrate that they're planted into is not soil. It's uh, it's various Wood, and sundry, bark, yeah, yeah, chunky things. So what you're trying to do is you're trying to get out the the old tired gases that are in there in amongst all that substrate and get water will flush out all that all those old gases once the water drains out now we've got some nice clean fresh air in there and the roots will go ooh hallelujah and start to grow there you well, go thank you thank you very much <laughs> you're very welcome thanks for joining us Marianne alrighty uh, what t- oh yeah we have to take a little bit of a break oh, right yes. now but Privy, fair maiden. We're headed off to Stratford oh, next. Just to say, <laughs> say hi to Judy here on the Garden Show from Zuma Radio. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, Forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And that, that chap there sounded as if he might have at one time or another trod the boards, as they say, hey. in Stratford, where uh, we get the call from Judy. Good morning, Judy. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Happy New Year. Good morning. You. you too. On another day, I have a question, a 911 question from my yellow man de Villa, but today it's about peppers. <laughs> okay. Okay, I brought my peppers in in the fall because a lady told me that her daughter does and she gets peppers mm-hmm. in the winter. Okay. So we just fertilized them. Is there anything? We've got three little peppers on them. Oh, sweet. Is there anything we can be doing to make get more peppers and do better? Are these hot peppers or regular bell peppers? Regular be- bell peppers. And they're in a good size pot, like one plant or multi plants? One plant. They're a good size pot and they're doing really well. 
Excellent. Good for you. So you're obviously doing a lot of things right. The main thing, of course, Pepper's love is heat and sun. They're heat and light. So whatever you can do, when I say heat, they love that, you know, think of August mm-hmm. <laughs> when they're really ripening up. So they love that, that humidity, the high temperatures and the bright, bright light. So if you can mimic any of the August conditions inside your home, that will speed up these peppers. But nevertheless, like I say, you're doing something right. And as the days get longer, the peppers are going to respond anyway. So should I put a gravel tray or something underneath them with water to give them more humidity that way? You could. That way you can make sure you're avoiding things like spider mites, which tend to, I don't know where they come from in January, but they seem to just Mm -hmm. kind of emerge out of the wallpaper. So yes, a pebble tray will raise the humidity 24-7, which is good. Um, Obviously, only water when dry. No, No misting or anything like that. Be careful with the fertilizer. Only fertilize at this point, I'd say once a month. Once a month? Okay. Once we get to March, you could bump it up to once every two weeks, but just through this next two, you know, two months, just take it easy on the fertilizer. You want to keep them happy, healthy, growing, but you're just not going to see that the same kind of growth we see in June and July unless you can mimic those exact conditions. Okay. We were thrilled to see three little peppers on I guess. That's <laughs> yeah. great. Super. Why not? Homegrown's okay. the best. Proud okay. parents. Okay. <laughs> thank you. Thanks, Thanks for Judy. Happy New Year to you. And thank you for tuning our way here on Zoomer Radio, AM 740 and 96.7 FM mm-hmm. in downtown Toronto. Now, Franklin is reaching toward the bell. Nice. Here we go. That's Ow. for Dave, first-time caller in North York. Good morning, Dave. Hello. Good morning. Hello. Welcome Good morning. to the show. Happy New Year. Thank you. Thank you. I have a question about an indoor Benjamina tree. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've had it for about 10 years. It's roughly about six feet tall. About two years ago, mm-hmm. I lost half of the leaves. Half mm-hmm. of the tree, the left side uh, has all leaves, and the right side has no leaves. Oh, my. <clears throat> so what did you and, do to the right the branches, side? The branches seem dry. Yep. So something happened. There must have been a cold draft on that that one left side or a hot draft or something uh, no, happened. Nothing, nothing of the sort. Oh, you nothing. weren't watching and something it, it, I've happened. I've got the northern exposure. Mm-hmm. Uh, should I be misting it? Do you turn that plant in the window at all? No, I do not. I do not. It's, so, it's not close to the window. It's roughly about 10 feet away from the window. So it's not bright at all. So the leaves that have dropped, are they the ones away from the window or towards the window? Uh, away from the window. Right. That's, I knew you were going to say that. So <laughs> they, um, I just <laughs> said it to Frank. I mimicked it. So you know why those dropped? It's because of lack of light. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah, thinking? it's okay. lack of light. So what can you do? What I would do is if you could, I would move it closer to the window. But okay. if you can't, because it's big and it's in a, a good spot, I would make a practice of turning that plant 180 degrees on the calendar, whether it's once a week or once every two weeks. Okay. In the meantime, I would get out my little pruners and I would prune out anything that's very dead and crispy and not showing any growth. Okay. Now, you, you will find that quite often I mean, if the main trunk is alive and some of the branches are dried up on the tips, but then there's still life as you start to cut back into oh, them. Okay. Leave those little, like, start at the tips and work your way in, sort of an inch at a time. Okay. Crispy is compost. Obviously, if there's any um, white um, latex, because, of course, Benjaminas are ficus plants. Okay. <clears throat> or figs. And when you cut into the stems, you will get a white latex, uh, which is like the, uh, and so put some newspapers down on the ground before you do this. You don't want okay. this dripping on the floor. Sure. And um, yeah, just trim back anything that's dead, turn that plant, 
do start fertilizing. You could even fertilize even maybe like once. And then again, as I've said to the other call, yeah, no, and don't go hot, full dose fertilizer, go half dose. Okay. So if it's liquid, liquid uh, fertilizer. Yeah. yeah, Like a water soluble, like a miracle grow will say, you know, five mils in a liter. So you're going to do two and a half mils in a liter. So you're going to go half strength. And when it's time to water, you're going to water with that fertilizer. And I think you'll find you can, you can, if you've had it that long, you can rejuvenate that plant, Mm -hmm. but you do need to make sure that it's getting adequate light on the whole plant, um, food, and it will, if it's really one sided, you're going to end up wanting to cut back some of the green growth on the one side where it's got all the growth, okay, to try and balance it as much as you can. And it will, you think it might come back, eh? Absolutely, for sure. If it's green on one side, it can definitely come back on the other side. Perfect. I appreciate it. Oh, you're very welcome. One other thing I should mention to you, you should get your listeners to go to Allen Gardens downtown. Mm, Good point. Oh, yes. Again, free, free. And the the price is free. It's open seven days a week. And 24 7. They've got uh, figurines of people made out of flowers. They've got piano made out of flowers. Yeah, Yeah, very, very good point. So anybody who's in the downtown course or or can get down and And just take a walk. Poinsettias, colors I've never seen. I know. They do some amazing displays. Yeah, they've got some excellent volunteers working there as well. So they do tours as well, through. So, no, Allen Gardens is a very cool visit. And it's warm. Like, it's not outside. Correct, it's all correct. inside yeah. on, a, on a great day. So good yeah. good suggestion. Thanks, Dave. 100%. Ha- okay. have a happy New Year. Thanks for calling. Thanks so much. Yeah. What a great uh, suggestion that is. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, we've uh, bumped up against our next little break here, so we better take that while we have a moment. And we'll be back to say hi to Kathy in Thornhill next here on The Garden Show. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. All righty, Charlie, let's go to Thornhill. There's Kathy. Good morning, Kathy. Hi, Kathy. Uh, Charlie. Yes, good morning. Um, I have a hibiscus plant uh, that had mites, and then all the leaves turned yellow, and now they have fallen off. Mm. And there's these little, tiny little flies that are in the soil of that plant and and my other plants that are around it. Mm. Okay, so... And, now, and all these little black flies now are all in my windowsills. Right. Okay, so that's one separate thing. But when you say had mites and dropped its leaves, are those mites eliminated or are there mites still... Like, is the hibiscus still alive? The hibiscus is still alive, yes. Any evidence of mites? I took off all the leaves with the mites and then I bought the yellow sticky things that you told me to buy. Okay. Um, well, I was listening to the show and I was told to purchase yeah. it. Yes. And so um, hibiscus is growing back some leaves, is it? Let me just look. I just ran back upstairs. Okay. And also, if we did, if you did take off all the leaves, good idea to do some cutting back on the plant to push some new growth yep. out, just so you know. Oh, okay. So do a little, a little tip pruning on that hibiscus. But the okay. little black flies you were talking about, they're living in the soil of the hibiscus and perhaps in some of your other plants. And you said showing up along the windowsills. Yeah. Those are called fungus gnats. So fungus, oh. G-N-A-T-S. A-T-I. Yes. Okay. There you go. Right. So what are they? They are, they look like fruit flies. They do fly around. The adults fly around looking for a nice spot to lay some eggs. Once they've laid the eggs in a moist soil, the eggs will hatch into little tiny, tiny, almost microscopic little white caterpillars, little larvae who eat fungus. So what oh, do we because, do? Oh, you know what? My plants have fungus on them. Right. Uh, there and you go. So not, you're... not the hibiscus, but I brought in some 
Oh, I forget the name of them. Yeah, so you brought some plants in from outside. So the, yes. the way to try, okay, you're not going to absolutely eliminate these fungus gnats overnight. Uh, we have no ca- like chemicals, insecticides any longer. We used to use some soil-based insecticides and wipe them out overnight, but we don't do that anymore. So instead, we slow down on our watering. So what you're going to do, all your plants, you're not going to water until they feel bone dry, I guess kind of depending on what plants you have. Okay. But the point is you're going to have less less wet soil all the time, and you're going to have less fungus as a result. You're also going to get a spoon, and you're going to spoon off any algae or fungi that's growing on the surface of the soil, mm-hmm. compost okay. that. If you okay. want to refresh, like bring the soil level back up with some fresh potting soil, that's fine. So just, but keep in mind, you just want to slow down on your watering, have less moisture in your soil all the time. You'll have less fungus, fewer fungus gnats. And those sticky sticks, the little yellow things that you heard about yeah. on another yeah. show, they actually work really well to attract the adult fungus gnat fly, like the gnats that are flying oh, around. They're full. So so replenish those. Yep. So if they're full, toss, put some fresh uh, yellow sticky paper out there. So it's a process. It'll take a couple of weeks, but eventually all the adults are dead. And once the adults are dead, they can't lay any more eggs. So it's just a process. So those gnats have nothing to do with the actual mites that are on the hibiscus? Not at all. Completely separate. Okay. Okay. I thought so. All right. Yeah. So mites look really closely on a sunny day for any kind of webbing between the branches. Yeah, that's what I noticed. Yeah. And then I put the sticky stuff kind of close to them and then I thought, forget it, I'll just take off all the top leaves. But then the whole plant, then we sprayed the plant though. And is that why I wonder it lost all it? Yeah. Spraying is not a bad idea if you spray with the right stuff and make sure there's no sun on the plant when you spray. But... Do some cutting back. Oh. Get out your pruners. Prune it back. Take off whatever, okay. an inch, two inches, three inches, whatever makes sense. Just prune it back. Days are getting longer. It's going to come back. Okay, okay Kathy. Thank you thank very much for the call. Okay. We have okay, to move along you. here. I want to meander off, uh, well, we can, to uh, Midland and say hi to Miss Lily. Hey, good morning. Oh, good morning to both of you and Happy New Year. Thank, well, thank you. you. Good morning. I love your show. Thanks. Um, yes, I feel a little sad today. I lost one of my um, little uh, leaves off of my cactus. Oh. And I believe it's a, a claw cactus, and it was my grandmother's, and I hate mm. to have to lose it. I did change the pot um, a while ago, but it hasn't flowered for a year. Do I need special soil for it? Uh, no, if, if you're... Okay, I'm getting a little bit of feedback here. Is your radio on? No, dear. Okay, so just I'm getting some yeah. hmm. feedback in my headphones. Anyway, um the what I would do is you, uh, there are cactus soils out there. Okay. So when you're transplanting a cactus or a succulent, always a good idea purchase that instead, okay. or get a regular potting soil and then add some sand or some gravel, some chunky material to a regular potting soil or soilless mix, mm-hmm. making sure you've got the great drainage going on there. Um, okay. And so you said you thought that the cactus that was your grandmother's, just, what, what kind of cactus? It, I was told it was like a claw cactus. C-A-W? Claw. I'm not sure, dear. I don't know what a claw hmm. cactus is. What does it look like? Well, it looks like um, it's got little picks on the side, mm-hmm. and then at the very end, it looks, well, it, there's two claws, and that's why I think they call oh, it, um, I was huh. told it was a claw cactus. And when it bloomed, did it have little orange flowers, or do you No, know? it had a beautiful fuchsia. Oh, okay. But I, I changed the pot to a smaller pot, and it hasn't started to flower at all, and it's been at least a year. So mm. now I've just got a little cactus, but it doesn't seem to be doing anything. 
And this morning I went to look at it and talk to it, and it <laughs> lost a big leaf. Did you? Um, okay, so that's that's okay. You got lots of sun. Is it in a really sunny location? I did have it in the west, and then when I changed the pot, I moved it into a northeast, and then it didn't seem to be doing very good, so I put it in the south, and that's where it is, and that's yeah. where I took it this morning, and it fell off. Okay, but that's okay. So I'm actually just looking. Yeah, so what's commonly referred to as a claw cactus is a Schlumbergera truncata, which is a form of a uh, Easter or Christmas cactus. I can't exactly remember which is which, but yeah, it does get... So your main thing is keep it in that sunny location, only water when it's bone dry, no repotting, leave it alone if you've recently repotted it. Um, flat, we only fertilize the Christmas, the any, the, any cactus of any mm-hmm. kind when it's flowering or growing buds. Ooh. Otherwise, no fertilizer. So be careful with that and, and really be careful with your watering. Feel that soil. When it feels dry, wait a week and then water, right? So it's like you think it's time to water, but wait a week after that. Oh, I just gave it a little drink today, so right. I'll wait to All right. <laughs> and, and when you water, water thoroughly, right? So if, make it worth the, the plant's while. None, no little teaspoons of water, either water or don't, but if you have to wait a month between waterings, that's fine. Okay. Oh, thank you very much, Charlie. Thanks for calling. Thank you. Okay, thank you again. All right. Are you happy New Year, one and all? track, my friend. I, I say one and all. We're at the checkout counter. we got to get out of here. <laughs> Make room for Dave's Corner Garage. Gosh. All the guys who want to get the engines revving very mm, shortly. It's true. Well, New Year's is around yeah. the corner. Right? Yeah. And you are, you've got big plans. You're yeah, here I've got for the rest show of the this day. afternoon from 2 to 3.30. And then mm. tomorrow night, of course, Big Band Sunday night. Everybody loves that one. I love it. Thank you, Frank. Thank Have you, Charlie. Have a wonderful New Year's. And Thanks, Duncan. Duncan. Everybody couldn't do it without all your great calls. See you again next week and year. <laughs> yeah. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.